Hi there, this is Melissa Harrison with the Religion Unplugged podcast, and joining me today is professor and author James Beverly. He is a research professor at Tyndale University in Toronto with a new book titled The QAnon Deception, exploring how some famous Christian pro-Trump figures have direct links to QAnon. So Mr. Beverly, thank you so much for being with us today. Well, as you know, the recent presidential election here in the U.S. has sparked a number of conspiracy theories, particularly among leaders of the church. You recently said this is the most significant crisis in the history of modern charismatic prophecy that you've seen in 40 years of studying the movement. Why is that so? Well, it's partly because it's about Donald Trump. He made charismatic prophecy, uh, well, charismatic prophecy centers on him. And given how famous he is, or infamous in some circles, uh, that made the prophecies even more important. If a prophet uh, predicts something about uh, the Chrysler car company, it's not global news. But when they say that Trump will win the November 3rd election and it doesn't happen, that shook the charismatic world to its foundations. Though, to be fair to charismatics, and it's surprising this isn't said more, they they don't believe that the prophets are infallible. But regardless of how you defend it or shape it, it was a major blunder, especially as they dug in and keep digging in. I mean, if Biden is inaugurated tomorrow, as 99.9% of the planet expects, That will be the last moment where charismatics and QAnon people get to um, say, you know, Trump has something in the works. It's actually rather sad and tragic to read how strongly both some charismatic prophets and some QAnon teachers have dug in. Even a few days ago, one of the major QAnon figures was saying, that there's no doubt that Biden will not become the president of the United States. And various charismatic prophets have said the same thing. Uh, when you combine the two, there's, there's at least two major Q teachers who are also famous charismatic uh, leaders, Mark Taylor and Dave Hayes, a, a guy uh, who goes by the name Praying Medic. Right. Uh, they're doubly dogmatic. And and in your book, which was just released last month, The QAnon Deception, you really explore how these figures have direct ties to the movement. What did you find in your research? What surprised you? It surprised me how dogmatic the QAnon people are. They they don't blink. They It doesn't matter what is said. They don't seem to worry about it or doubt it. Um, I think the QAnon people made a mistake of being a a cosmic vacuum cleaner where they suck in every conspiracy theory imaginable. You know, when people tell me they're quite open to QAnon, uh, I, I usually suspect they don't know a lot about it. And then what I do is I keep telling them some theories in the QAnon world. You know, they're, they're willing to accept that Hillary Clinton isn't a great figure. But then when you keep going, like, okay, do you think Hillary kidnaps children? 
Yeah, I do. Do you think she tortures children? Yeah, I do. Do you think she kills children? Yes, I do. Do you think do you think she eats children for the adrenochrome in their adrenal glands? And then they stop and say no. But you know, even before that, if if I want to make it a quicker list, I go, okay, Queen Elizabeth is part of the Satanic Cabal, so is the Dalai Lama. Lizard people are real. UFOs are real. Donald Trump's a time traveler. George Floyd is still alive. And then one that circulated widely was uh, JFK Jr. is still alive. One of her most famous defenders um, just wrote me on a Facebook page that, um, that she's done about 60 videos arguing that JFK Jr. is still alive. Wow. So that the dogmatism in the range of beliefs shocked me. Um, the basic idea that Q is a military figure working with Trump. I mean, that's not that big a deal. Although I don't know if you've ever been on the dark web or what's virtually the dark web. When you see where Q, the allegedly mysterious figure who works with Trump, when you see where he posts, it makes you wonder what's going on because it's the it's the worst uh, part of the internet. It's where you uh -huh. can see the Q post, but then if you get just scroll up and down the page, you can see hardcore porn. You can see racist stuff. You can see people writing how much they wish they could sexually assault uh, Trump's wife and daughter, and that's because the channel that Q posts on is a there's no holds barred. The only thing you can't do is do anything about uh, posting pictures of children. Wow. What about the movement speculations that Trump is going to engage the military to take back Washington? How has that influenced some of the prophets? Some of them don't mind at all the idea that, uh, that Trump's going to engage the military. And Melissa, here's what's interesting. It all spins or depends on what the bottom line is. If the election was fraudulent and Biden and company stole it, then it makes sense for Trump to engage the military. Now, I think what happened is Trump didn't spend a lot of time studying the details of the election fraud. Like me, he doesn't do statistical analysis, et cetera, et cetera. So I think he was fooled into believing the election was fraudulent. And um, he was fooled. And then QAnon people were, were fooled by him. If the president of the United States, who has access to more knowledge than anyone on the planet, well, then who are we to say it was a legitimate election? You would think they would trust the Republican governor and the Secretary of State. The trouble is, they would rather believe Trump than uh, than believe the um, than believe the Georgia governor and the Secretary of State, who were Republican. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah, they they that should give them pause. Uh, just like when uh, about fifty mathematicians and statisticians went public and said they didn't see any sign of massive electoral fraud. Or when Bill Barr said he didn't see any sign of fraud sufficient to overturn the election. 
So that that uncertainty uh, has 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 led to the it led to the riots on uh, January sixth. Yeah, when you think about the church, I know at least forty charismatic Christian leaders predicted Trump's reelection um, starting back in twenty eighteen. And it's not just the election. I know there was a, a meeting of elite top level prophets in Dallas in November, headed by Cindy Jacobs, who didn't say anything about the coronavirus coming. When you look right. back kind of at this track record of the past couple of years, these major events where they've proven to be wrong in their prophecy or missed prophecies, how significant is that? And does it change the person who's believing in conspiracy theories? Does it change their mind or, or cause them pause? Well, the charismatic and Pentecostal Christians wouldn't say it's a conspiracy theory. They would say God's spoken through the prophets. Now, the the prophets themselves should be more humble about their predictions because they know very well, for example, uh, most prophets predicted that Republicans win, would win in 2018. It didn't happen. Uh, so they they should be far more humble and and usually melissa they don't usually they don't make really specific prophecies i think it's because they've learned that if you get specific you risk uh losing big time as happened on uh, on november uh, 3rd uh, i was shocked to find out how much the prophets uh said that God had spoken. I thought they should be a little more humble. But you know, one thing that happens with anybody's belief system, we all learn how to move on despite errors. Uh, and so this this hurts the charismatic Christian world, but it won't it won't ruin it. Uh, it will for some. Some people will say, I've had enough of that. It's sort of like uh, there's a parallel between Christian prophets and QAnon teachers. They've been wrong in a massive way here. Some are completely bailing, leaving the system. Uh, I predict uh, that QAnon will slowly die. Uh, one thing that's happened in the media now is QAnon is being used to trash Republicans and Trump. And here's how it goes in logic. It's the QAnon people say a lot of crazy things. Trump likes QAnon. He must be partly crazy. What that fails to notice or know is that QAnon is basically a pro-Trump reality. That's what it is. Why do people hold up Q signs and say they're with QAnon? Because that's their way of signaling that they're with Trump and they're basically conservatives. Uh, I, I think the Democrats are engaging in overkill and it would help by moderating their, well, moderating the censorship. I just find it amazing how much censorship goes on now. My parlor account got cut down, uh, stopped, just like everybody's. Uh, and I think that's uh, unfortunate. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know, many of these prophets, or some of them, have apologized um, since yeah. the election. Yeah, but they're facing I, pretty significant backlash, like Jeremiah Johnson out of Charlotte, North Carolina. He's an evangelist who's a leader in the new apostolic reformation. Right. Um, 
he prophesied both in 2015 that Trump would gain the White House and then in 2019, but recently apologized on Facebook on January 7th, said he wished to repent for mistaken prophecy. He now says he's facing death threats. Right. Does this surprise yeah, he got... Well, it did. Uh, I was going to write something uh, for the report uh, under Julia that said, thankfully, most of his followers uh, accepted his apology, but I found out that uh, a lot of them didn't. So yeah, that was a shocking move to me. I thought that the Christians who support him might realize Jesus said, love your enemies, don't kill them. Um, I've met Jeremiah, by the way, over a year ago, I met him uh, in uh, when he lived in Florida and spent a bit of the of time one afternoon with him. Uh, I think he's a great guy, and I'm glad he apologized. If you're so pro-Trump that you don't realize he has weaknesses or you don't speak against them, then that feeds uh, his own weakness. You know, if he had listened to more of his friends who've said enough over the years to tell him what he needs to hear, if he truly listened to them, I think he'd be president now but he didn't moderate his Twitter comments. He didn't control his uh, self-centeredness, sadly. And those weaknesses ruined his uh, many accomplishments. I've heard from people who know Trump that uh, he had people tell him what he needed to hear and oftentimes he wouldn't listen. Some people are still holding out hope. Here we are at the recording of this talking on the day before the inauguration. Um, but some prophets I've read have already concocted a scenario um, where if this doesn't happen, some are holding up for hope for a last minute miracle from God to reverse the election before tomorrow. Others have concocted a scenario where they say Trump is going to be inaugurated in heaven and that God will replace Biden with Trump sometime this spring. Have you heard this? I haven't heard the last one. The, the idea that Trump will perform a, a Hail Mary uh, I would expect it right up until tomorrow. Uh, and then I think hope will fade. In your opinion, one last question, where do you think, where do we go from here? Where does the church go from here? Do you feel like um, this is gonna have a lasting impact on the credibility of the church or people who've had these prophecies or really been touting conspiracy theories? What is kind of your forecast? Okay, you'd have to go by different church groups. First of all, uh, a lot of Christians aren't into prophecy at all. Prophecy, uh, by that we mean people who believe God talks to them in a, an amazing supernatural way. That That's only popular in charismatic and Pentecostal circles. So you won't see that in Baptist circles or reform circles or Anglican circles, etc. cetera. Uh, but in, in that world, the charismatic and Pentecostal world, they'll stick with the prophets. They'll view this as a mistake. It'll, it'll remind them to keep their head up a bit more. Um, in general, the way that the Christian church has been hurt is by being so pro-Trump, it's made the church look terrible to people who hate them. One thing I tell people is making a choice between Trump and Biden is deciding which one you least like the most. I found it harder. I've been studying Trump for five years. 
uh, I found it harder to convince anti-Trumpers that Trump might have something going for him than the reverse. I've only ever talked to one person who said Trump had no faults. Everybody else says, yes, he can be crude and rude and he should control his Twitter feed, etc. Anyway, America is in a mess. Uh, it is, but so great to have your insight. Thank you so much for joining us today. Author Jim Beverly, research professor at Tyndale University in Toronto with a new book titled The QAnon Deception, just released last month. So get a copy of that book to hear more about what he has learned and his research and what he can share about this issue. You can read much more about conspiracy theories and the church on our website as well at religionunplugged.com. Thanks so much for being here today, Mr. Beverly. We appreciate it. Thanks, Melissa. Have a great day. You too. This episode of the Religion Unplugged podcast was hosted by Melissa Tamplin Harrison, edited and produced by Peter Freeby. Special thanks to Religion Unplugged managing editor, Megan Clark. The Religion Unplugged podcast is a production of religionunplugged.com and is a part of The Media Project, a nonprofit dedicated to equipping journalists to cover religion. To read our award-winning global religion news coverage or to find out more about Religion Unplugged or The Media Project, visit religionunplugged.com or follow us on Twitter at religionmag.